0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get Ready to Thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. This is episode three of a mini-series I am calling Thriver Stories. And before we dive into this episode with Jeannie, I have to say I was incredibly honored for her to take the time to share her story with me. She lives in such chronic pain that even sitting up can be painful. So I knew she really was sacrificing um, to be able to spend that time with me to share her story with all of us. And so I am really honored by that. And I hope that you will um, just keep that in mind as she's sharing her story. I also wanted to say Jeannie actually in this episode doesn't even fully express just how much pain she has been in over the last few years or even dive into all of her prognoses and um, I wanted to say that um, first of all if you want to check out kind of more of her story you can find that out in her YouTube channel a little bit about a lot or her Instagram Um, but I was thinking reflecting back on it how um, she has been through so much and she really doesn't complain in this episode and she doesn't really share with us just the extent of just how um, hard really this has been. And so I just want you to keep that in mind as you listen, um, because I think it actually makes what she shares in this episode so much more, even more powerful, really. Um, I also wanted to say that um, as Jeannie talks about in here, Like miracles are possible. Healing is possible. And so I just thought, you know what, as you listen today and you think about Jeannie, maybe in her story throughout the week, can you join me in praying for her, for her full healing and restoration of her body, for the pain to disappear? And we don't ever get to choose how God answers prayer, but I know I have seen miraculous healings and I'm praying that, over Jeannie today. So I just wanted to ask if you would join me in prayer as you listen to this brave and beautiful woman, my new friend, Jeannie. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am really incredibly honored and humbled to be sitting here with Jeannie. Um, Jeannie, you may know her on Instagram by uh, a little about a lot or possibly even on her YouTube channel by the same name. And I um, this mini-series we're going through, I'm just calling Thriver Stories, and I've shared on here that some of the stories I'm sharing are uh, about with women who have walked through something hard, um, and some women are currently walking through difficult things, and that is where Jeannie is at, and um, she's really been through quite a bit over the last few years um, and continues to walk through um, just some really, really every, I'm not going to say everyday challenges, I'm going to say every moment challenges. And so I'm excited to have Jeannie here to be able to share her story. Uh, But I'm going to ask her to introduce herself a little bit more. So Jeannie, welcome and introduce yourself. Well, I'm Jeannie. I feel like my introduction has changed now. You
1: know, you kind of lose your old self in in Hmm. the struggle. But I'm Jeannie. Um, I'm a pastor's wife. We planted a church 15 years ago, two weeks after we got married. And we have four kids. We live in Southern
0: California and we're on a journey. <laughs> okay, I just want to point out something here. Jeannie just said she planted a church two weeks after she got married. Yeah. <laughs> I have never heard anyone share that before. Obviously, that was in the works. It wasn't just like a honeymoon no. <laughs> thing. Where you said, let's, hey, let's just plant a church. Um, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, and this is the same church your husband pastors yeah. right now. Okay. Yeah. So we, it's in the inner city and we
1: knew that we were going to do it. We kind of prepared for it the year before getting married. And a lot of people had said, Oh, you don't want to take a little time right after getting married. And we're like, take time for what? Like we got a, we got stuff to do. So we went on our honeymoon and the first Sunday back from our honeymoon, we got ordained and, and the next Sunday was our first service and we haven't, it's been going since. <laughs>
0: Wow. I just, hearing that sentence, the first Sunday back, we got ordained. I'm just trying to think. I think the first Sunday back from my honeymoon, I was just like, ah, maybe we'll unpack some boxes. (laughs) Um, So I love that. I think that actually is a really good snapshot, I think, of who you are and Uh um, just how much I think you're like, we want to get going, loving people, building something. I think you definitely have felt that sense of like, I want to. I want to do what God is calling me to do, no matter where I'm at in life. And so, I love that. One other fun fact I want to share that Jeannie and I just discovered, um, as we were talking before we pushed record, is that Jeannie is um, from where I am from. So, actually, grew up really close um, to where I'm recording from. And so, that was a fun little tidbit because I love how you can be. Um, following someone on Instagram and get to know little bits, but then you're like, oh, actually, when you really have conversations with people, you get to know some uh, people that you share in common and other things like that. And really, uh, I kind of feels like to me, just divine appointments where God is connecting people. And so I know if you are listening right now, also that it's not um, an accident, but we're just going to hear a bit about Jeannie's life. And I think probably We could sit here for many hours unpacking. I know that Jeannie has stories, but you can actually check out more on her YouTube channel and um, on her Instagram. So I want to dive in uh, wherever you kind of want to start, Jeannie, about um, what the last few years have been for you.
1: Well, gosh, it's hard to start. Well, I I have to say before this chapter started, um, I kind of felt like I was finally in my season you know what i mean i i struggled a lot through childhood through youth adolescence and then i met an amazing man we both wanted to be in ministry we both loved missions we both i mean just everything kind of fell into place um i was told i couldn't have kids and we miraculously had four kids you know we didn't have money but we were living our dream we had we were doing what we wanted to do and we were busy every day. We went to bed tired, but fulfilled. And, you know, it was just really good. And then a couple of years ago, um, actually it was on the day of our church's anniversary, also Father's Day, also my husband's birthday. Um, we were, I was driving home from church, me and the kids, and we were going home to pack so we could go to the beach for my husband's birthday and Father's Day. And I got rear-ended by a car, a big truck. And I just thought, oh, I got rear I'm gonna be a little bit sore. I'm like, but we have a weekend plan, so let's just go to the beach anyways. So I went to the beach and the next day I couldn't move and I was like, something more is wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. So I ended up in urgent care down at the beach. And she was like, I really think you need to get an MRI because certain things are going on that's not normal for just you know whiplash in a car accident. Um, so when I got home, went to my doctor, I got an MRI and he calls me one day and he's like, I don't know how to say this. He's like, but you have these things in your spine. He's like, and I've never seen them before and I'm not familiar with them. He said, I did a little bit of research. I asked all of my colleagues, no one's familiar with it. Um, but kind of like, we need to figure out what this is. So from that point, um, Within three months of that happening, I lost function of my legs, my bladder, my bowels, like my entire body was in pain all the time. I felt sick, kind of like I had the flu. Um, And I was just in horrible pain. And so chasing a diagnosis and trying to find someone who understood what what was going on was really hard. And then it kind of seemed like Once that diagnosis came, it's like everything else in my body decided to (laughs) malfunction as well. So basically this disease was already in my body, but uh, most people who have it, it's, I mean, it's already really rare. I think less than 5% of the population has it. And of that 5%, less than 1% will become symptomatic. So... Um, people become symptomatic by some sort of trauma to their body. So I already had this disease in my body, but I had no clues. So the car accident woke it up. Basically it woke up the disease in my body and um, kind of wreaked havoc and other, pe- I started finding other people that had this disease joined all these support groups to try to learn as much as I could. And a lot of people who had it had had it longer and um, they're called cysts, but it's really your spinal fluid is filling up your nerve roots. And it's like, you know, compressing all your nerves. So a lot of people who have them will have like one or two or in certain areas. And my doctor was like, well, you have them all the way up your spine. And also most people have them in the back of their spine. He's like, you have them bilaterally, um, both sides and also in your pelvis. So I was like, okay, so I finally found, there's only two specialists in the United States and one I wanna say he's, I forget where he is, um, somewhere overseas. And so I sent them my images. I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm losing function of my body and I don't know what to do. And the hard thing is all the neurologists that I had been to here were kind of like, either we're not familiar or those those aren't what's causing the problem. Um, So I, met with, I talked to both specialists and they were like, you're losing function really quickly. This is a progressive disease. It's not curable, but what you can do is try to treat this and try to slow the progression and try to not fix, but like, you know, try to help the symptoms. So I underwent surgery and, you know, it was like, he said it was going to be two hours. I ended up being in there for almost seven and a half hours, and when I woke up, he was like, "This was the most extensive and complicated surgery I'd done." I left the hospital not being able to sit, stand, walk, go to the bathroom, or anything. Um, and for the first seven months, I couldn't feel my stomach, my thighs, like anything. Like I could, I didn't know if I had to go to the bathroom. Um, and as time went by, you know, my surgeon kept saying, well, just keep hanging on. You had a very complex case, you know, basically any day you could wake up and your symptoms symptoms could improve. And at about 14 months post-op, he was like, you know, at this point, I kind of have to call it. He's like, there is a long recovery period for this two to three years. But he's like, but at this point, you really should see some sort of, you know, something should have happened by now. So he said by this time, uh, basically the surgery failed. Um, And then at that point I had already gone to other specialists uh, for things that have been going on and, and got all these other diagnoses. So between like the spine disease, I got diagnosed with a rare nerve disease and then a connective tissue disorder that also I've had my whole life, it's genetic. And I had like signs and characteristics of it, but nothing that was debilitating or painful. So basically the doctors just think this one disease woke up in your body and kind of woke up the bad side of the other things in your body. And there's no cure. It's progressive. You're gonna get worse. You're gonna lose more function of your body. You know, I mean, it affects everything. It affects your eyesight, teeth, brain. I mean, everything. And so it's been hard because there's such a balance between, because I believe in supernatural healing and I believe at any moment, God can say you are healed and I will heal from head to toe. Um, And I, I truly believe that. And I, I think some people say that, but I really, I mean, I've seen miracles in my life. So I think for a good year, I, was like, I am not accepting this at all. I wouldn't do anything. I I didn't want to adapt my life at all because I was like, God's going to heal me. So why adapt when I don't need to? He's going to heal me at any moment. So I think the balance of adapting so that I'm not stealing from my joy today and my life and my family and my kids today but still hanging on to that belief that yes god can heal me at any moment is a hard balance because i think sometimes people think in me adapting and accepting is that me taking away my belief and faith that god can do something miraculous at any time and i think i struggled with that for a long time and i I mean, anyone with any kind of chronic illness will tell you, I mean, it's depressing. I mean, you get really sad. There's a lot of really low lows. And I went to the the low low. I've never longed for heaven like I have, you know? And I feel like I'm finally now at a place where I feel more at peace in my spirit. I'm not grieving so heavily all the time. Um, but it's it's hard. It's a hard journey. And it's been hard for my kids, hard for my husband. And, you know, as moms, we feel guilt already that we're not doing enough for our kids. And then now it's like, when you can't do anymore, who are you, right? So I feel guilty to my kids that they're missing out on a lot of things. And my husband, I was his partner and everything. And We planted a church in this inner city, you know, low income. We don't have a staff at church. So it was me and him like running around, doing things and and running things. So not only did all of the church ministry stuff fall to him that I was doing, but he's also had to kind of take over everything I was doing at home with the kids, too. So, I mean, as much as I'm having a hard time, like he's on his own hard journey that I will never understand. So... I mean, it's a it's a lot to unpack, but, you know, trying to grow and learn from
0: it. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know that is really the super condensed version, because even as you're sharing things like even the the very initial part of it where you're saying like it's all these months to get a diagnosis, like you're fighting this physical pain, but mm-hmm. also this mental pain and even saying you know, I'm sending these doctors, these MRIs, like Mm -hmm. just the amount of work you have had to do to fight for, um, really just to fight to be heard and figure out what is going on with my own body. I just think that is, um, it sounds exhausting to me and yet you're doing that through all of this pain. And, um, and even as you were sharing too, like with, all of the things that your husband has had to take on and your kids. And it's, um, you know, I, one of the things I really appreciated uh, about you is just how um, open and um, authentic you've been sharing. Um, Not just the um, information about what's going on with you, but you're, you're really sharing about like, this is hard and here are some of these things that are hard. And I think, um, you know, that's, it's helpful for people to see, like, you're you're sharing some of these places you've come through where you say, you know, you're at peace. But that's a lot of work to get there. And so I just really want to say thank you um, for sharing about all of it. And I want to, I think I want to unpack a few um, bits in there. So a few things just like, um, you know, when you say you had that year of praying for healing and yet still praying for healing. And I think there really that's, there's this tension there of believing for healing, believing in a moment God can fully heal you. Yet um, you said you were kind of holding yourself back. So what was kind of that change for you? Um, was it kind of acceptance or what was like, what was the big thing that changed there? Um. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I feel like I did the
1: desperate crying, praying for a, a long time where I pictured myself <laughs> like, you know, grabbing onto Jesus's cloak, but he's walking and I, he's dragging me. Like, I'm not even just holding, you know, and, and just dragging me and crying and being like, God, like, if you love me, why are you allowing this? And I do think there's a distinction because, you know, people will say, like, oh, God did this for a reason. And I, I, I always say God didn't do this sickness and disease and pain is not the will of God, but he does allow it, you know, and so I've always said God, why are you allowing this to happen to me, why, (laughs) you know, and there was a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and. Uh, this one day in particular, I was praying and I was like, God, like, I believe you can heal me. Like, this isn't, I don't want this to be my story. I can see other people go through hard things and sicknesses and disability, and they walk through it with grace and poise and, you know, point to you and it's all beautiful. I'm like, but that's not me. (laughs) I don't want that to be my story. And I don't want this to be my hardship. And I'm willing to do anything, but I just don't want this. And And one day I was praying and I heard God so clearly say, but Jeannie, if I don't heal you, if I don't heal you, am I still good? And can you still say that I'm good? And it took me a while. And I was like, yeah, I I can still say that you're good because he still is. I mean, he has still blessed my life like more than I could ever ask for. And in the midst of this, like, I've never felt alone. Like, I've never felt like he has deserted me. I have felt angry and I felt like he's been silent, but I've never felt like this happened and he like turned his back on me. So in that, I can say, okay, God, like, if you don't heal me, then I will say that you're good. But if you don't, and I have to wait to get to heaven for you, you to make me whole then you need to make me stronger than I am because with what I have right now I can't and it's not enough and I am not that I mean I'm super like I'm a super emotional highly sensitive um you know I cry every day multiple times it, my family's just used to it now because I just cry all the time but um I'm like god I am am hypersensitive, and I need to be able to deal with this better so that it it's not all grief and sorrow. I need there to be parts of this that is overcoming and joy and growing. And, you know, there has to be good that comes out of this. So I feel like in that moment, like that day when I prayed that and I heard him ask me that, and I made that choice to say, yes, God, I'm going to say that you're good, even if you don't heal me. I do think that something switched in my own mind. Um, And then I did have another moment months later, because even after I made that decision, I still went through a lot of valleys of like super dark depression. Um, I did have a moment too, where um, I was praying and I just I felt the presence of God so heavy on me. And it w- it probably was only a minute or two. But in that minute or two, I felt peace like I've never felt it before. Um, in that moment, it's like I, I didn't even feel the weight of my body. Like, there's no pain, not just physical pain, but the weight of all the heaviness and hardship that I've gone through my whole life, like psychologically, mentally, emotionally, for those couple of moments, it was all, it all left. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on, you know? And, and then it was all back. And I remember in that moment being like, God, why would you allow me to experience that only to put me back in the place where all the pain and all the heaviness came back? And I really feel like God was, showing me that so that I could have hope for that in the future, because even though I knew it in my mind, you know, you know what, you, you tell yourself those things. I think I personally needed to experience that. And I feel like what I experienced was only like a grain of sand in comparison to what will happen. But it was enough for me to say, okay, that this is real. And that's what I'm going towards too. And my life is gonna be so short in comparison to eternity. And then I get to feel that times a thousand every day. And that's kind of like helped me go on. And those are things that no one could ever teach me or tell me, like I had to experience it on my own. And I feel like that's how God is with us. He speaks to us so specifically and personally in the ways that we need to hear. Because the things that he speaks to me or shows to me, someone else might not think it's anything, you know? But to me, it's it's what I need and continues to like grow my faith in him too.
0: I love that you shared that because one of the questions I had was really how do you um, hold on to hope? How do you hold on to faith? Um, I can understand anger. Like I can understand those moments where I'm, I'm angry God. I can understand like slipping into depression, Mm -hmm. but how do you hold on to hope and how do you hold on to faith? And how do you actually, how do you give yourself space for all of it? Right? Because I think probably you're experiencing all of it within a day or many times a day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So in some ways I'm asking like, how do you give yourself permission to feel some of those lows, but also how do you choose things, you know, are going to help Lead you to hope and faith?
1: Um, I think that I've always been someone who probably gives too much space to my feelings. You know, some people have a hard time allowing themselves to be sad or mad or frustrated. I have no problem. <laughs> my emotions come and there's no way that I can stop it. But for instance, I feel like the dark places I mean, I've struggled with anxiety and depression my whole life before any of this happened. And so I know when I'm going to that place of darkness, and I know that I can not stop myself, but I can pull the reins a little bit so I don't fall so deep down and stay there. And there's been times in my life, and there's been times during this where I just feel so horrible that I'm just like, nope, I'm curling up in a ball and I'm gonna stay in this dark corner because I want to. (laughs) You know, like I just wanna feel bad. And I have told myself often, there. how does this help me to stay in this dark place? So, um, I mean, the first thing I do when I know that I'm going down that way, like I tell my husband and I have my really good friends that I can call or text anytime and say, you guys, I woke up and I, I feel really sad. I feel like I'm depressed. Like, can you pray for me and they'll pray. And you know, some people will say they'll pray for you. You gotta get those people that you know will pray for you and will sh- show up for you. And you know, I a lot of my good friends don't live close by and I have one friend who lives in California but there's been times where I've, I've said, hey, I'm having a hard time. And I think she just knows me well enough when she knows it's really bad. And she'll, she has four kids, but she'll drive an hour and a half and show up at my doorstep and be like, are you okay? And she'll just sit with me and we'll cry and we'll pray. And I just, I really think these are the people that God has put in my life to lift up my arms when I can't lift them, you know? And like my husband, anyone who knows him knows he's like he's like one of the most positive people. He's very positive. And also he's like a walking encyclopedia of everything bible so you know any i mean he just speaks truth over me over and over and he he's really good and it's been a learning process too because for someone like him who has never experienced depression they don't understand you know someone who doesn't experience that it's kind of like i don't get it so you're just sad (laughs) like you know so it's been a learning process but i think uh For me to give him the tools to help me when I'm in that state, like I tell him when I'm not in that state, I say, hey, when I'm going through this, I need you to do this. If I'm super mean and cranky and I push you away, that's when I need you to come closer and hug me when I'm the most unhuggable. And I need you to tell me that it's going to be okay. And I need you to, you know, and I tell him those things so that when I get to that place of darkness, he knows what to do. Because I think sometimes we feel like everyone around us should know how to treat us, but we don't even know what we want,
0: (laughs) you know? So, well, I love that you share in the times where you're not going through it. Yeah. You're coaching him. I think that's so wise um, for anybody listening. I've, I've definitely had that What I've expressed to my husband that certain times of the month, this is what <laughs> you do. just, you know. Um, so when you're not going through it, but really, I, I really appreciate what you said too. And I think a lot of people can identify with those, um, the experience of anxiety and depression. And sometimes it feels like to me, um, especially with depression, it can feel like an invitation where it's like it does feel like ooh this would this would feel really good just to dive in and feel like i imagine like getting pulling up the covers it's like just this like duvet of depression <laughs> and just like laying down cuz it kind of feels good sometimes yeah. to feel really bad and i i love that you're sharing about that where it's like there's there are things i can do cuz i feel very similarly where sometimes i will choose that and i'll say i just want to i'm just going to go in and i know if i do that It's that much harder to get out Mm -hmm. than if I kind of go to the edge and say, okay, I can throw myself a little pity party or I can, you know, indulge some of these feelings for a second, but there's things I know I can do or, or, um, you know, who can I call? Who can I reach out to that, um, isn't going to necessarily just say, Hey, here's how to make you happy again. But I love that you said your husband will speak truth to you. And that's sometimes what we need in those moments is like, okay, what is, the truth, when my mind is going sideways, when, for a lot of good reasons, mm-hmm. right? They're all, they're always good reasons. Um, I mean, I think even as we're recording right now, there's just a lot going on in the world as there has been over this last year. Um, and it's really easy, I think, for uh, many of us who maybe even can feel really mentally strong to get caught up in the swirl of anxiety or that pit of depression where it's like, yeah, we just... Um, sometimes need to be choosing some of those things. So we're not kind of, I just call it really where I'm walking. I go to the edge of the pit, but not really going um, into the pit. So I really appreciate that. Um, One thing I want to ask you about is I know, um, you know, you started off planting a church a number of years ago and you're an incredibly creative person. Um, How have you been able to still really use your, the gifts and talents that God has put inside of you in this season? And how has that actually helped you in this season? Ooh, that's a hard one.
1: Um, I feel like, especially in the beginning. So for a long time, I couldn't sit up like I am right now. Um, and even lying down, I couldn't lie on my side to like, write, And I couldn't use a laptop cause I couldn't lift my neck. And, um, there's a, there's a period of time where my husband was like, I really feel like you need to do something artistic or something to make you, because people don't talk about the whole grieving process that goes through getting a diagnosis or getting sick. I mean, it really is. I mean, grieving like you lost someone, but the person you lost is you. And so you're watching yourself lose your life that you had And then you're there to watch it and you're still alive. So it's just, I mean, it's just so sad. So I think my husband really pushed me to try to pull out the parts of me that were still there because all I could see was all the stuff I couldn't do anymore, right? Like I can't drive, I can't walk by myself. I can't, you know, get dressed by myself. I can't do all these things that I used to do to get my creative juices flowing and express myself so one thing he did in the very beginning um i, I wish i had them it's funny because they're stuck on my laptop here but my um husband was like okay hey for the next i think it was like i forget how many, maybe two months he said hey every sermon i do will you make a sticker for us to give out to the church members you know like and it it'll have to do with whatever. So, I mean, it's just little doodles that I would do. And then he would go and like order them online and he'd be like, look, I made your stickers. And then he'd be like, will you make another one? And then I, now looking back, he totally made up stuff so that I would do something and he would be like, I really need you to do it. Cause if you don't do it, I'm gonna do it. And he's not artistic at all. And so he knew that the stubborn part of me would be like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Cause I don't want you to do it. Um, but it kind of got me into that, you know, mind frame of like, you know what, I can't do what I did before, but I still can do some things. And I still can do things that bring joy to other people's hearts. And um, also to God who created me to be a creative person. And um, like, I, when this first started, I And I haven't made a youtube video probably in like a year at first I was because in my mind I was like this is going to happen then I'm going to be healed and then we'll just keep going so I I took a break and I haven't made a video because it was really hard for me to go back to something that I did before and it'd be so different Um, and even with Instagram and all social media I was like I don't know how to share this because I don't understand what's going on and I don't know who I am anymore and And I just had that struggle. And my husband would always be like, but you need to, you need to for you. He's like, who cares if anyone sees it or whatever. He's like, just for yourself. Cause he's like, I do think it's really therapeutic for you to be able to do those things. So, um, I did start sharing kind of more on Instagram. I I think I did a couple of videos on YouTube and then I stopped because I had said to myself, Oh, I'll come back when I have a good update. And then that good update never came. So I was like, of me is just being a brat where i'm like well forget it then i don't want i don't want to come back you know um but i think allowing myself to do those things that he asked of me but then also um teaching my kids how to be creative in the same ways that i was has been really nice so like my kids would come next to me and i would show them how to draw on my ipad and then they would have little drawing competitions next to me and you know and my my older daughter she she had been taking piano lessons and i love i feel like music has always been so healing to me and almost every morning i wake up to the sound of her playing piano and singing worship songs and she's 13 years old and those kind of moments i feel like she she had i mean each one of my kids but they have experienced something also on their own and they have had a reason to cry out to god and pray in ways that i don't know if they would have that reason to pray like they do because of what's going on with me and so even when i hear my daughter singing i I can tell that for her too, it's healing. She gets to express herself. And I do feel like all of us, it's made us closer to God, but closer to each other too. I mean, my kids have become so much more empathetic and compassionate also towards other people. Um, But they also know that I love when they draw and color and stuff. So like, they always make me little books or they'll make me little stories that they drew or they'll have little dance competitions for me and they'll make up skits and they'll come because I'm in bed most of the time they'll come and perform um and and so I really I mean I love the arts and I always have and I really feel like God has used again so specific to me he's used my kids And their creativity to make me laugh and to make me smile and, you know, to bring that kind of color back into my, into my world where it felt like it was so
0: lost. Well, I feel like, um, I love that you're able to have those moments with your kids and they're able to really pour back into you. And I'm thinking even of, I think it was a reel you made a little while back with, um, on your knees that Jesus comes and embraces you. Um and it was just so deeply impactful and i think um you know i i think your husband is right in the sense of it um you know being therapeutic but you also really still feeling that sense of purpose cuz i think when you were sharing about that grieving process um grieving the the loss of who you were and um And I, again, we're, we're skipping over so much of all that, that really that grieving process, um, I think has been and, and really kind of fast tracking towards you, um, being in this place where you're like, okay, I am, um, kind of in some ways accepting more of this diagnosis or, or learning to let go of some of those things, which I think, um, in many ways is, um, you know, it's. You've walked through the many types of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for you, how do you, um, I guess in some ways, continue to face each day? How do you move forward each day with hope, with faith, with like, um, I'm just thinking about the woman listening too who feels like, yeah, I um, have been faced with something this year or I thought... I was going to be healed or I thought this was going to happen by now. Um, what have you kind of learned through this process of, um, and I know it's not like, I appreciate that you share. Like it's, it's not that you wake up and you're like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, everything's fine. I'm ready to rock and roll, but it's, it's hard. But how are you kind of living in that tension of the hard? Um, So
1: I'm in nature a worrier and I project everything into the future. So for me, I get overwhelmed when I think about a month or a year or five years, or when I think about my kids being adults and having kids and me being a grandma and when i think that way i I can't do anything because i get overwhelmed and i think i don't want to be that grandma lying in bed all day and my grandkids being like oh grandma can't do anything because i'm already that person right now and so i've told myself when i my thoughts start going that way then i'm like catapulting myself into an area that i i don't have to yet and it really steals from what still is good today so i mean When I wake up in the morning, I mean, it's kind of sad, but the first thing I do when I woke up, I kind of like assess my body. I'm like, what hurts the most right now? What feels the worst? And like, that's what I'm going to concentrate on trying to make (laughs) feel a little bit better. And then all throughout the day, I have to keep telling myself what's good, like what's good today. And being thankful. And I i mean, I will th- thank God for everything. I'll be like, thank, like I'll be putting on socks and I'll be like, God, thank you that I have socks. You know, I mean, just the most simple things because if you don't, I think that, I mean, we as humans were attracted more to the negative, right? So I have to keep telling myself like, oh my goodness, I'm so blessed. I am so thankful to have all of these things. Um, because if I don't, then I do fall into that sadness. Um, And I mean, for me, I have to pray, I have to read the word. And um, I, I think also for me, and I think this goes for anyone, I think when you're having a hard time, if you reach out and try to encourage someone else who's having a hard time, a nice side effect of that is is you bring joy into your own heart you know because you take that focus off of yourself and all of the things that you want to be depressed about and you're focusing on someone else and trying to help them through it and then all of a sudden you feel better so you know i really try to do for others what i would like done for me and i mean going through this grieving process I think anyone with a chronic illness would say this, is that you really see what relationships in your life are made of. You lose a lot of friendship. A lot of people who you thought would be around all of a sudden aren't. Um, People who you thought would be helpful and caring and compassionate kind of (laughs) disappear. A lot of the people that you did a lot for are gone. But then also God brings people who you would never have expected to come and love on you and you don't even notice it at first because you're looking at all these people you're like where'd all these people go that should have been here for me and meanwhile there's all these other people behind you being like here I'm here you know and so I've really tried to encourage others so that I take the focus off of me and I mean, one thing we do with our church, I mean, we have a couple of people who are in charge of like calling people and texting people, just checking in on them. And in the beginning, I didn't want to be one of those people because I didn't want to talk about what's going, you know, because I think what automatically happens is every topic is about like, oh, how are you feeling? And, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. So I, you know, I told my husband, I was like, hey, I'm going to have a secret list of people at the church like that I just in myself am going to encourage. So every Monday I call or text these people and then I'll call and text these people on Tuesday. So it gives me something to do and check in on someone else and make sure they're doing okay. And I think that has given me strength and hope. And I think a lot of times when it's, I mean, I can speak truth over any one else all the time you know it's so easy to give other people advice and tell them how good god is but you're like but for me it's so hard but when i'm telling other people i mean i'm listening to my own voice telling them that and i'm kind of like okay Jeannie, but do you believe this you know and i if i believe it for other people i have to believe it for myself so um I think that's been a huge thing for me because I do think for a long time, I just closed myself up and I was like, I don't wanna talk to anyone. I don't want to share anything. I don't want to. And actually that's kind of a on Instagram and YouTube. I was like, everyone followed me and was watching the old me so how do I transition them into this new me so actually a big thing I did was this is when TikTok first came around I was like I'm gonna go check out what all these young kids are talking about and I went on TikTok and I was able to be me as I am now because nobody had a reference of who I was before so I could just be me with my struggles and with all this. And it was hard because I felt like I had this pressure on myself to be like, Oh, but I used to do this and this, you know? Um, and I was able to share from a different place. So, um, one of the hard things I think I've always said is like, I don't want this to be my identity. I don't want people to be like, Oh, she's the person with, you know? Um, and I've had people be like, why don't you put, put in your bio what your illness is because no one knows what's going on, <laughs> you know, they'd like, it would help people understand what's going on with you. And I was like, no, because that's not, I'm not putting that label on me. And I don't want that as part of my identity because that's not who I am or who God called me to be. It's something that's happening to me, but I would rather be known for, you know, this part of it, not that part of it. So, I mean, I, you know, It's been a hard adjustment, but I think that sharing and trying to encourage others has been good. But even that in itself is a balance because you get a huge influx of people who want to share their story with you because they're watching you and they want to tell you everything that they've gone through and their medical history. And I'm not I'm one person and I'm not capable of giving them the love and attention they need. And a lot of times I'm in a really bad place because I'm going up and down all the time. And so also releasing myself from that responsibility and being like, Jeannie, you're also not called to everyone at all times. Like I, I, I'm by nature a people pleaser. So my whole life has been okay, well, what about them? And I feel bad and I don't want to hurt their feelings. And if if I don't respond to them, then I'm going to be a mean person. And so I've I've learned so much about myself and I've grown so much that has nothing to do with my physical self. Does that make sense? Like things that I've struggled with my whole life, like having boundaries, sticking up for myself with doctors. I mean, I've learned how to, use my voice and say no and walk away and lose expectations from people. I mean, things that I've struggled with, I'm 41 and I still have the same problems that I have in my journal when I was 12 years old. You know, it's like at some point I need to grow from this. And I don't think I would have been able to grow had this not happened. So in that sense, it's been
0: kind of a good thing, I guess. Well, I think even just hearing you share about the loss of relationships and it really does um, paint a picture of all the different ways in which you've had to grieve, walk through grief and change and um, losing this. Like I don't, people can check it out again on Instagram and everything, but um, really going from this life that was, um, I think I heard you say some place that you were like, I'm doing these hit workouts and I'm doing this over here to being in this place. And I can appreciate um, just even trying to navigate, how do I, how do I even show up on this social media space? Um, which I think a lot, like everybody is trying to figure that out, but you're like, no, no, no. How do I, how do I share all the things and, um, and yet just be who I am and who God's created me to be. And I just want to say, Um, I do think you do that really well. Um, I think you really share, share, share up, show up, um, as yourself. And, um, you know, I think that is one of the things that does keep people, um, coming, you know, to, to check it out, whether it is, um, a nail polish that you're sharing about, um, an artistic thing, or just even you sharing about some of the struggles, that you're experiencing um you're showing up and and you are um christ is being shown through you in each of those things i think that's actually part of the beauty of um part of the beauty of how god has created us differently is that um he is able to show up in all these different ways in our lives right so whether it is somebody who's sharing um, about fashion um or a coupon um, or something that's hard, Christ is actually able to be shown in each of those things. Um, I want to kind of wrap us up, and um, I just want to ask, kind of, what um, again, without looking too far into the future, what what is next for you? What are you dreaming about? What are you hoping for? What are, you know, what are, what's kind of next for Genie?
1: Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> because I feel like it could be tomorrow. Lot, yeah, I feel like yeah. a lot of things are for me, I I think. So one of the things that God spoke to me when I was like 17, was he said to me, I'm going to use you to heal many people. So when he spoke that to me, when I was like 17, I've always been like, but how, you know, I mean, i pray for people and i've seen people healed like when he spoke it i knew it was like in a bigger way than what i've experienced so far so a big part of this happening to me especially in the beginning i was like oh this is my story you know god's going to heal me and this will be my testimony and you know he's going to use me in all these ways But now I see, even if he doesn't heal me, this is still my testimony and he can still use me to help heal people, you know? And so I think a big part of it is being bold. And I, I, cause I feel like I second guess what I share because I, I, again, it's a balance. Like I don't want to always be show the all hard so it's like sad and depressing like who wants to see that so a balance of being honest and true and raw and also honest in the hope part of it Um, and I think that no matter who you are every person has hardship has burdens has a cross to carry that no one else does and I think that when you go through any kind of suffering you come to know god in a way that you can't there's no way that you can unless like really suffering brings you closer to god and i don't know how else to say that and i, I and i tell people all the time you know i have come to experience god in, in this really close intimate way that i i know i couldn't without the season and if that was the only reason for this then i already think it's worth it because i've been able to experience a side of love that I didn't even know existed or to even want, you know? And so if God can use me in that way to show people that and to help other people heal, whether that's, you know, emotionally or mentally, or even, you know, people, I I feel like there's a lot of hurt going around in the world right now. And I, I, I feel like God keeps saying to me, just, like, do it, like, speak it, and I will protect you. Like, I'll have your back. Don't worry. Don't be scared. Um, I've al- always wanted to write books ever since, like, a long time ago. And my husband's always, like, since we've been married, he- he'd always be like, Sue, so, you want to start writing that book now? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so when this happened, he he, from the beginning was like, I really think you need to start writing things down as you're going through them. Don't wait till you're through it, write them. And I couldn't do it because I didn't want to write on paper what was going on, because for some reason to me, it felt more real. But as time has gone by, now I'm kind of like, oh man, I wish I listened to him. But I do think that there, I mean, I think sometimes we go through things so that we can help others go through whatever they're going through. So, I mean, so much stuff that was important to me isn't anymore. And the only thing that's important to me now is I wanna get to heaven as fast as I can, but I wanna take as many people as I can. And I mean, I've oh, since I've been saved, I felt that, but I understand it on such a deeper level now. So I really, you know, I'm just like, God, if you can use me to somehow do that, then I'm open and I'll do it. And you know, I, I, I feel like when you lose everything, there's nothing to lose. So what's holding us back? And I think, I don't know why it takes us so long as, as humans to like get over that, you know? But um, I hope in the future, God allows me to travel. Um, me and my husband have always said, we've always had a heart for missions. And we've always said, oh, when we retire, we'll, we'll never retire. We'll go preach together and do all this stuff. And I still have that in my heart. And I feel like there's a lot of dreams that God's given me, but also promises that he's spoken to my heart that haven't happened yet. And so I really believe that he's going to somehow make a way for that to happen because otherwise he wouldn't have put that desire in my heart to do it. So I would love to, in the near or far future, travel. You know, I'd love to take my kids places and them share. I mean, my number one priority is for my kids to know God like I do and even better, you know, and I want to see them experience God in a way that I think before I wouldn't want as deeply, you know, I think for a lot of us, we go through life even as Christians and be like, oh, yeah, my kids love God. And, you know, they're saved, they're going to heaven kind of thing. But now it's like so much deeper. And I want them to experience that depth of love that they can hear and and I I hope that I can watch them do that I mean they already have such a passion for things um
0: so I don't know if that answers your your question but Jeannie it's so beautiful and I think in some ways you know I realized I had I had a final question which was and you can still answer it how can we pray for you but I think What you just said, I think really does help shape the prayers um, of the people listening who I know would feel um, compelled as we've joined in with your story. And I I do believe there is healing, um, really healing power in sharing our stories, sharing our testimony, and it talks about that in Revelation. And so I I do believe that uh, your story, even if it doesn't look the way we hope here on earth that it, it does still contain healing power as you share it and you point back to to God. And so um, I know that as you share these hopes and dreams that God's put in your heart, that can shape how people listening can pray for you. Um, but is there anything else you would add specifically that we could be praying for?
1: Oh, gosh. You know, I, I pray for healing all the time. And I, I really, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just collecting all these things. So like, it can be like an even more wow. But um, I think just an absence of fear. And I feel like that has been something that God's been waiting out more and more. Um, I think when there is absence of fear, we can do so much more. So, um, I mean, I keep telling him, okay, if you ask me to do this, I'll say yes. I mean, what else am I doing? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I would just say an absence of and just boldness, boldness and courage and um, just wisdom. I, I mean, that's I've never wanted anything more. You know, I just I just want wisdom and just for God to grow a love for people and And, and I mean, I feel like I'm very sensitive to other people. And I feel like that has always been kind of a gift that he's given me. So I'm like, God, if you want to use me, however, like you said, your story has power. And if you don't share it, then it loses it. So I'm like, God, I don't want this to be my story, but (laughs) if it has to be, then let's use it. Let's do something. And and grow from it and point people to jesus because it's easy for people who are living it easy to say oh god is good but to really believe and and know that god is good in the midst of hard
0: things is a totally different story so well thank you so much jeannie for sharing uh, your story up until now and i'm excited to see um just how god continues to work in and through you um, I know people can go find you, um, on Instagram at a little about a lot. Uh, is there anywhere else people can find you or? Oh, I think everywhere. I'm the same name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, Jeannie, we're going to be praying for you and thank you. Um, thank you for, thank you for sitting up with me for <laughs> this hour. I know that honestly, I, uh, I really appreciate it. I know it does cost you something. So, um, thank you. No, you're welcome. Your thank you. I trust that everybody listening, um, this has helped you move one step closer to thriving. And um, if it has, can you share this with somebody who needs this encouragement and even uh, go over and send Jeannie a DM or me a DM and and just let us know how this episode has encouraged you today. Take care. Can I just say thank you for listening This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if, while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something. But when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.